The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Now lift your hands to heaven. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receive to receive all that you have, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. This morning for the main message, I want to uh, do part four of what I've called the World Economic Forum's worst nightmare, which how many know what it is? It's you. It's the church. One of the things that took place in the early hours of March the 17, 2020, when the fire came in my room, was, was I was overwhelmed with God's power and His love for His people and His church, and how that He was on the side of His church. The Word of God declares some trust in horses, some in chariots, but we remember the name about God. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong and a mighty tower, and the righteous run into it and are safe. So we learn from the Word how the church should be functioning in 2022. The pattern for the church is the book of Acts. As you know, the book of Acts does not have an ending to it. Because these are not really the acts of the apostles, but the acts of the Holy Ghost. And last time I checked, the Holy Spirit's still in the earth. He came 2,000 years ago. He's still here right now. And he's moving. And he's moving through people. And he's moving through ordinary people. So I've titled this morning called Holding Nothing Back because let me read to you from the book of Acts chapter 20 and I'm going to go down to verse 20. The apostle Paul speaking said, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and taught you publicly from house to house. They didn't have auditoriums in those days. They had to go from house to house. And we have home groups across the city that we've had over 110 of those. <clears throat> and so, but people meet wherever people meet. Obviously, we thank God for this place that we have so that the collective body can come and fellowship together, which is very important in this hour, especially in they're trying to shut the church down. He says, testifying both to Jews and also to Greeks. Repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that you see here is that the hand of God was upon him in a supernatural way. He had that encounter on the road to Damascus, and here he was preaching the gospel to the Jews, and it didn't matter where he was, whether they were Jews or Gentiles, he preached the exact same thing, and he never held back one thing. 
One of the greatest problems that we have in the modern church is that pastors are not telling their people the whole story. They're telling them what they think the people want to hear. And so, when you saw the upheaval of 2020, there were whole congregations that were not even ready for what's coming because their pastors never said a thing. Not only did they not say a thing, they didn't know anything to say. Because the pastors they hung around and the leadership they hung around also held back stuff. Subsequently, we find out that pastor said, I knew that this was coming, but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to frighten the people. I said, look, what kind of a leader does not stand up and tell the people the good, the bad, and the ugly? How many know that here at the river, we tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly? How many are glad that we tell you everything? Now, we don't tell you all the bad, so that just everything's bad, so you feel like, well, let me go find a high bridge to jump off from. No one leaves the river looking to crash their car on the way home. Because you came here, you at least thought there was an opportunity, but the moment you heard the message, you knew there's no hope. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drive to the Grand Canyon and I'm going to drive off of the Grand Canyon. We're going to tell you what we're up against. But then we're going to tell you the other side of the story of how great your God is to deliver you from whatever might come your way. And you just have to look at the last 2,000 years of the church and see what they went through. So I believe this is the biggest problem we're dealing with with church leadership of people that hold stuff back. Even from traveling ministers that go, they don't really, I was told when we first came to America, one top minister pulled me aside and said, listen, when you go and preach, don't give them anything. I mean, give them a little bit to make them hungry to where they want to invite you back. My jaw dropped. I said, I must go and preach, but not give everything. No, he said, just, just give just a little bit so they want you back. And then when you come back, just give a little bit. I said, I'm not spoon-feeding people little, little, yeah, here's a little uh, a gummy bear for you, a, a, a spiritual gummy bear. I'm going to give you the whole meal. Now, you might not be ready for it. I'll scoop and stick it back in your face. I'll scoop again. You might throw it up. You might throw it on me. You might spit it out on me. I'm going to keep feeding you until you get it. We've had babies. You feed them. The food comes straight out of their mouth into your face. We never say, honey, don't feed Kenneth anymore. He doesn't want to eat. No, it's just because it was broccoli or, or something. There's certain things kids don't like. Are you with me? But things that's good for them. Okay, I want to leave that alone. I can already see people going, no, don't go there today, pastor. But Acts 20 and verse, the first part says, I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you. I kept back. He didn't, he didn't hold back. 
The word there in the Greek is hypostello, or however you want to pronounce it in Greek. I'm not Greek, so I'll leave it up to the Greeks. But it says, to cover or shrink, to conceal, to draw back, to shun, withdraw. The medical word that's used withholding food from patients. So that would be like a doctor that's not feeding the patient. That there would be ministers that would be not feeding the people. Think about that for a moment. That's why you've got to get the word here. That's why we have River University to put people through four hours a day, Monday to Friday, saturate them with the Word. And every conference that we have here, the eight days, two meetings a day, 16 sessions, it's a time where you're going to get stacked up, stocked up, loaded up. Are you with me? I mean, if somebody comes to this church and they only come once a month or twice a month, you're missing out on all the food. Somebody said, well, I'm, you know, I'm in a hurry. I can't come sit the whole morning. Yeah, but you go sit the whole morning in a, in a, in a, in a, hot, a doctor's consulting room. Hello. Yeah. But you can't come sit in the river? Yeah. What you talking about, Willis? You can't come sit under the anointing. You can't come sit under the Word because you're in a hurry. Maybe you're in too much of a hurry. Maybe you realize you're in a hurry when you go screaming over the side of a cliff. With the other 30 people on the bus. Somebody said, are you saying I'm going to go over a cliff? No, I'm saying if you don't receive the full counsel of God, then you're going to head for trouble. But if you come and sit under the spout where the glory comes out and listen to the Word of God and don't be picky. I'll pick that. I'm not going to pick that. The moment they teach on giving, I'm going to the toilet. People go sit in the crapper and wait till we finish with the offering. And then they wonder why that's what comes back to them. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, <laughs> running over. It comes into their bosom. And they measure that they meet with all it's measured back to them again. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying this is just for river people. I'm talking about people sitting watching in their home in Thona to Sasa. Or Mango. Think I don't know who you are? So what they're doing is withholding. I promise you, when we leave here on a Sunday, we have withheld absolutely nothing. We've given everything. Everything. And when you come hungry, and you come thirsty, and you grab a hold of what God's saying, yeah, I might be giving you some information, but you'll hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You'll start to receive direction for your life. God will begin to connect the dots for you. Amen. Even people that are looking for direction of which way to go, which way to turn. Hello. We're all to tell you who to get married to and who not to get married to. 
Somebody said, don't go there. I know, people don't want me to go there. Acts 20 and verse 27. He says, yeah, the whole full counsel of God that he preached. So that means we warn people. We're not going to give out watered down milk toast words without power. We're going to tell people you have to repent. It doesn't matter who you are. There's no other way. Somebody said, yeah, but you'll offend them. Hell is going to greatly offend many people. There's people burning in hell right now because their pastor never told them that they need to repent. So repentance and faith. It's not that we're going to keep you in a room of repentance where you just keep repenting and keep repenting and keep repenting. That's like us building the new restrooms that are so beautiful. People don't want to come to the sanctuary. They want to sit in the restroom and just keep washing their hands, playing with the soap dispenser. Hello. That's what repentance is. Repentance is cleaning yourself, washing yourself. We, we wash, we do the ablutions, but you don't live in the toilet. You don't live in the restroom. Some ladies, you're so worried about your appearance that you spend hours trying to make yourself look better. By the time you finish, the day is finished. And no one's there to even see how you look. Somebody said, don't go there, don't go there. It's important. I met a pastor, he said, I took my wife to the beauty shop. He said, we were there five hours. I said, five hours? He said, yeah, I was getting an estimate. And then I saw his wife and I realized it was true. (laughs) it was very true she wasn't the prettiest thing you ever saw in your life she had got hit with an ugly stick but he loved her nonetheless (laughs) sorry It's like one preacher came to me and said, where did you get your wife from? I said, I got mine from heaven. Where did you get yours from? Looked like he married the devil's stepsister. So, 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 <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> bad pastor, bad pastor. So we, we must have sympathy when we bring the message. Are you with me? <laughs> uh, look, I know there's some people want to have plastic surgery, but there's nothing they can do. <laughs> it's, yeah. Anyway, leave that alone. All right. But we, we not only bring the message with sympathy, but we bring it with conviction. Why? Because if you're not convicted, 
How can you even bring the message? So you've got preachers that are looking for, I'm going to bring information. And they just take a New York bestseller thing and they pull out three, three points, shove a scripture with it. And it's really nothing that you can base your life upon. I guarantee that you can base your life on what we share with you here at the river, that you can put your life on it. Why? Because I base my life on that. I'm not going to give you what I'm not believing God for myself. I'm not going to give you some shaky stuff that's not going to carry you through the storms. God, by His Word, has sustained this church in 2020 and 2021 and already in 2022 and will sustain us until the time of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And by us being sustained, we are able to help sustain others. So say this after me. Paul didn't hold anything back. The World Economic Forum, they want us to hold everything back. Can't preach this, can't say this, can't do this, can't lay hands on people, can't cast out devils, can't play instruments. I mean, it goes on and on from the sublime to the ridiculous. And I can pull up all the pictures of people playing trumpets, wearing a mask with a hole in it. And how many saw that? Makes total sense, doesn't it? On the news program today, I've got a lawyer in Poland who was about to give a speech. They said, put a mask on. So he put a little mask on. They didn't like it, so he pulled out a gas mask and put it on. And he said, is this good? And they threw him out of the courtroom. So he wanted a mask, but they didn't want that one because it looks ridiculous. Gas mask, big canister. Well, what mask do you want? This is still happening in the earth today. It's 2022. Oh, come on, Pastor. Don't make a thing about the mask. You come around here, I'm going to rip that thing off your face. You, you come walk here with one of them face diapers on. I'm going to come back here. I'm going to rip that sucker off your face. So not only should we preach the problems that are out there so make people aware of it, but we preach the Word so they know how to deal with the problems that are out there. If you just preach the problems, people have no idea. What do I do about it then? What am I going to do about it? Well, here's the problem. Here's the Word. Put the Word in you and deal with the problem. How many have found out that you have a lot more Word in you now than you did a year ago or two years or three years ago? How many know that when you're under a crisis or circumstances, what comes out of you? The Word comes out of you. Amen. In the early days, when you got into problems, you, you didn't, the first words out of your mouth was, crap. You didn't know what to do. Now, the first word out of your mouth is, in the name of Jesus. 
That shocks everybody. What, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, excuse me while I do what I need to do here. If some business needs to take place here. This is some heavenly business that's going to happen in this earthly realm. How can you talk like that? You're not authorized to talk like that. I am authorized to talk like that. Who told you? My pastor told me I could talk like that. Now, can other people talk like that? They can copy you, but if it's not in them, it's just coming from here. They're just parroting something they've heard. You're not going to parrot anything you've heard here. The word's going to come in you. It's going to come out of you with your own voice. And that's what's going to bring about the transformation everywhere you go. Can you say amen? So... I just want you to know the way that I see things here. My wife and I are not here to be served. We have a lot of people helping, but we are serving together the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Are you with me? We are, we are here to serve. We come to pour out of what God has placed on the inside of me. As the Apostle Paul said, For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. You can't give what you don't have. And God sent us as missionaries to America. These things right now, the Lord's speaking to me about the conference, but I can't tell you about that because we're already getting into the minister's conference, and I don't want to get into double portion right here. But there's some things the Lord's speaking to me about because that's what happens when I start resting, and then the Lord starts connecting some things. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss what's coming because I'm telling God's going to, this thing's going to catapult us into 2023. This conference coming up will be a, a culmination of 2020, all four conferences, 2021 and 2022, and it's going to launch us into what is coming in 2023. We are together, co-laborers together with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why they are mad with us? Because we preach the truth. Why do we preach the truth? Not to help ourselves, but to help people. How many are in the job of helping people? Somebody running a race, they stumble. Could you carry on running? Could you carry on running? Some of the greatest races I've ever seen is when two people are coming to the final ribbon and the person actually in the lead stumbles and falls and the person coming second who actually could now overtake and come first, they turn around and pick up the second person and they hold them and they drag them falling many times and push them across the line ahead of themselves where they could have left them and got the first place. They did not. They carry somebody. That's what we are doing here at the river. We are carrying. We are helping. We are helping everybody. Everybody's going to cross the finish line. Some of you might feel like you don't have enough strength. Don't worry. There's a river member coming. They're going to hook up with you, and they're going to push you across the finish line. So we help people. We teach them to serve God with all their hearts. 
not only to serve God with all their hearts, but to have everything that God has promised to them so that none of you get to heaven and the Lord say, come here, let me show you what I was going to do for you. But unfortunately, you went to a dead church and you had a pastor who had been spayed and neutered. Because he watched the prices rise and all he did was go get spayed and neutered. Couldn't produce any new life. Hello. Don't look at me like that. So I said, what do you mean spayed and neutered? It's a, it's a nice word to say he got castrated. He went to some Bible cemetery, I mean seminary, where they castrated him. He came out with a big heart, but, I mean a big head and a little tiny midget heart. You can work out in the gymnasium all the time. You can end up with six-pack and muscles and biceps and whatever. But in your spiritual life, be a little shrunken gnome with no power. Intellectual stuff that doesn't mean anything. Bunch of blah, blah. But God's not raising up blah, blah here. He's raising up people full of power, full of the anointing, full of faith, full of the Word of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. So, that you can receive all that heaven has for you here as you walk this earth. Once you realize the access that you have and this power that transcends a service, then you begin to see the hand of God manifest in your life on a daily basis. Miracles before breakfast. Miracles by noon. Miracles by the evening. My wife and I met with some a lady this last week who is not a Christian at all. And we shared the gospel with her and she belongs to another religion. And on the way out, we grabbed a hold of her and prayed. She broke down and wept uncontrollably. She just was shaken by the power of God. And she looked at me. She said, it's real. It's real. I said, I know it's real. I said, this is the power of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you. You see, you can hold back because you don't want to offend anybody. But you actually end up offending the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? This last week, I got so irritated, and it was at another preacher. Are you with me? So, I love them, and I hold nothing against them, but I got irritated because when you hear their testimony, they have had one of the great encounters with God of any living person that I've personally ever met, and they don't ever use it. They don't ever say, in actual fact, they are embarrassed about our meetings and how the manifestation of the power of God is. And I actually was talking to another minister. I said, let me tell you, that person is going to stand before God on that day because he has had one of the greatest encounters of anybody I've ever heard in the 21st century. And he holds back. He never talks about it. And now they're more an activist, more involved in trying to deal with governmental things and all that kind of stuff, which I have no problem if God leads you into that realm. But if you've had an encounter with God, like the Apostle Paul, why are you downplaying it? Why are you making light of it? And what I was offended about was I felt grieved that he was grieving the Holy Spirit. 
You cannot play with these things. If you have had an encounter with God and you don't share that with the people, God will hold you responsible because you are running around trying to become acceptable to people, but you're not telling them the solution. And once you've experienced that solution, you have to tell the people, you have to shout it out. You've got to tell the world. Even if you look ridiculous, even if people think you've lost your mind, it does not matter. The Apostle Paul did not hold back. He talked about the encounter that he had on the road to Damascus when Jesus appeared to him. And we will continue to talk about it. Somebody said, well, you, you, make it, you make it bigger than it not. We don't have to make it bigger. It is huge. In actual fact, the harp has never yet been told. Let me tell you right now. That's why we're having these night services of impartation, that people can be touched by the power of God. If you were here last Sunday night, you know what I'm talking about. That was off the chain last Sunday night. Someone said, I wasn't. It's not my fault. I told you to come. And you stayed home and watched stupid awards on TV. As if a football match is going to carry you over the finish line. Well, a hundred years from now, nobody cares who won what. Nobody even remembers who was man of the match. I want you to have all that heaven has for you. First Corinthians 10 and verse 33. He said, even as I please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit. Somebody said, you don't mean you're not seeking your own profit? No, when we started out, we started out with nothing. And let me tell you, even if I gave everything away right now, uh, I'll get blessed from every side because that's what happened. We gave everything we had away several times and it just kept coming back. We're living proof of what God talks about when he speaks about his blessing. And somebody said, well, don't you think you have too much? Uh, no, I'm just starting in this thing. I'm believing God for some very big things. What if I told you I'm believing the Lord to pay for the rest of the atrium myself? Somebody said, why would you? Why wouldn't I? So, I'm seeking not my own profit, but the profit of many. And number one, that they will be saved. Number one, that people will be saved. Number two, that they'll be healed. Number three, that they'll have a sound mind. I mean, I want to get everybody healed. That's why we have the healing school here. Are you with me? And then I want to use every other method. That's why we hand out all kinds of stuff to you to get you healed. That's why we teach people, don't eat that. Don't put that in your mouth. Well, I like to. No, spit it out. <laughs> like a little kid picking up a piece of dung. No. Bad. Spit it out. We have to walk to adults and tell them to spit that out. They don't want to. I like that. 
The other day at the, at the restaurant, the hotel, I said, I want a three-egg omelet. I told them what I wanted in it. I said, please, you, I want you to cook it, use olive oil, don't use that of the Crisco stuff or whatever. And then the lady, the lady says, do you want egg white? I said, egg white? What do you mean? Egg white with bacon. I must, I must have an egg white omelet. I said, you put the yellow stuff in there. Don't give me no egg white, nothing. I said, the egg white is part of it, but it's not the whole. I want the yolk. <laughs> bad cholesterol. These people, bad cholesterol. I like a three uh, egg, egg white omelet with bacon, and they're drinking a Diet Coke. You're out of your mind. So we want people to be saved, we want them to be healed, we want them to be delivered, we want them to get everything that God has for them. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. And we, we will go with you as far as you want to go. We help people lose weight. Somebody said, I don't want to lose weight. Okay. Maybe you can be on the biggest losers. You don't want to lose weight? Maybe you'll be the one where they have to bash the side of the house out to get you out on a forklift truck. I mean, that's fine. You die, 17 angels have to carry you home. <laughs> we're just trying to help you. I said, we're trying to help you. Sort of get more response. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 7 and 35 of the Amplified Classic, now I say this for your own welfare and profit, not to put a halter of restraint upon you. So we're not trying to hold anybody back. We're not trying to put restraints on you and put chains on you. But to promote what is seeming, seemly in good order and secure your undistracted and undivided devotion to the Lord. Because how many know many people are distracted? They're distracted. It's what God doesn't want you out there looking for all these things. Try to make them happen. Let them come to you. Why do you think we tell you we're not out there looking for blessing? Blessings aren't looking for us. What are we endeavoring to do? To seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these other things will be added. Somebody says it's not happening fast enough. Patience. Somebody said, what are you learning? Um, patience. Somebody said, what did you get? What did you get? What's the greatest thing that you've got out of 2020, 2021, and 2022? Patience. I am a whole lot more patient now, believe it or not, than I have ever been in my life. In actual fact, I'm so patient that things that used to bother me don't bother me anymore. There's people that actually call me and say, I can't believe you're patient about that. 
I said, well, what do you want me to do? Now, that doesn't mean that we accept sloppy stuff and secondhand work and all that. We expect the best. Can you say amen? amen. But patience is working. Say that after me. Patience is working in my life right now. Say this out loud. I'm a whole lot more patient than I have ever been. The response is overwhelming to this. So, he said, I didn't put restraints on you. Religion puts yokes on people. Religion without the gospel, the Lord gave me this phrase years ago, the religion, religion without the gospel only makes slaves of men. But the gospel is good news. The gospel sets the captives free. We don't travel around the world to make people and put them into bondage, to captivity, to religious dogma and traditions that have been handed out by the abomination, I mean denomination. Are you with me? We bring people into liberty. That, that liberty that was purchased for them at Calvary's cross through the blood of Jesus, and then by the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, if you do that, some people are going to just do their own thing. They're always going to do that. You can't sit and worry about that. You just be there to guide them. They'll go out and hit a brick wall, come back. You just pick them up, try to fix their face. Are you with me? And give them some more grace. Then they listen for a little bit, run right out, plow straight into another cliff, come back. You just keep helping, <laughs> doing what you can. Amen and trying to come to the realization of how many times you want to do this. It's a form of insanity to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. But you begin to learn, you know, I've been down that road before. It's like I'm trying to help all the younger ministers. They don't want to listen. Then I hurry. I, I tell them, listen, calm down. Yeah, but you didn't. I said, I know, but I'm telling you in retrospect, you, you're running around like a chicken with a head chopped off. Calm down. It's all going to come to you. There's certain things you're doing right now that you don't need to do. You're spinning your wheels. You're like a hamster in one of those Ferris wheel things. Yeah, but you didn't. I said there was nobody there to tell me. And the ones that were telling me were people that were doing nothing. And that I'm not one that does nothing. I'm one that will outwork every single person I know. So I'm trying to tell you in retrospect, as though I was talking to a younger me, please listen to what I'm telling you. It will all come to pass. Patience. But they don't want to listen. Oh, no, I'll listen. I'm, Pastor, I will listen. No, you won't. Because they go right out. The next week they're doing everything I said not to do. And the worst is when they call me for advice. They call me. I get calls all the time. Hey, pastor, I just need to pick your brain on a few things. Can I have some advice? And I know they've already made up their mind. They're just trying to see if that what they're saying is what I agree to. And I said, look, I mean, you've already made up your mind. Go, no, no, what do you think? I said, no, you've already, they've already signed the papers. Are you with me? 
It's like the young man that shows up and says, listen, I've got this girl. Uh, would you think I should get married? They're already engaged. What do you mean you think you should get married? She's already wearing the ring. Yeah, I'm not getting involved in that. They've already been ministering with the laying on of lips. <laughs> now they want me to. What, what do you think, Pastor? I'm done involve me. It's the own version of speaking other tongues. <laughs> don't tell me you don't think I know what goes on at River University, huh? <laughs> I can get into a lot of things here. I want to stay away from it today. So religion without the gospel only makes slaves of men. But that's not how Paul was. That's not how we should be. We should be setting people free. We should never go to a place and leave people in greater bondage than what we found them. We should leave people freer than what we found them. And that goes for every single day of your life. Can you say amen? What are we here at the church? Why is the WEF afraid of us? Because we're not lazy. We're not prepared to sit in a house with lockdown and do Zoom. Hello. Somebody said just do Zoom. I don't see the Scripture says Zoom into all the world and preach the gospel. It says go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. So, we're not lazy. Everybody say, I'm not lazy. We don't squander our opportunities. We seize the moment. When's that moment? Every moment is the moment. If you don't talk to that person now, would there be another opportunity to speak to that person? Yeah, but if I speak to them now, they might get offended. It doesn't matter. They could die by the next day, and they'll be really offended because they go to hell, and no one was there to tell them not to go. We preach. Everybody say we preach. How many preachers here? Good. We teach. We minister. We work tirelessly, patiently with the servant's heart. So we're not thinking, okay, if I do that, what am I going to get from that? If I do that, where, where, how am I going to get blessed from that? In actual fact, that's the furthest thing from you. That's why when we travel around the world, somebody said, how much does it cost to come? Nothing. I pay my own way. Uh, how much money must we give you? I don't, you can't give me anything. I receive a love offering. That's when they get upset because they're afraid we might get more than they were going to give us. Well, what if it's not enough? I said, it's my problem, it's not yours. Did I ask you for anything? No. I came to serve. Well, why are you taking an offering then? Because somebody has to be a part of what God's doing. We think the devil's going to pay for it. You think Nancy Pelosi's going to call me on the phone? Hi, speak of the house. Oh, how are you doing? How's your husband? How's the stocks doing? 
Are you about to pass a bill to send money to the river? Thank you so much, Madam Speaker. Thank you. Where are you calling from? Azerbaijan? What are you doing in Azerbaijan? I didn't know the Congress extended all the way to Azerbaijan. Some little deal you're working on you know, on the side there, Madam Speaker, just checking. But you want to give the river. How much you want to give the river? Five billion dollars. Wow. We constant. If you go back in the messages, we play clips going all the way back to the year 2000. The message is exactly the same. I'm not going to pull the clips up and play it for you. It's the same message. We haven't changed one thing. We're constant. And believe it or not, we are impartial. We're impartial. Somebody said, what do you mean? No, you, you, you conservative. You, you can put me in whatever box you think that I'm in. Well, you are a Republican. You're, I'm neither. I'm not Republican or Democrat. They're both corrupt to the core. Are you with me? Well, you right wing. I'm not right wing. I'm not left-wing, I'm not in-between, I'm kingdom of God. Can you say amen? You can try to label me all you want to, but that's your bias, that's not mine. I'm going to treat everybody the exact same way. It didn't matter who was in front of me. Even if Dr. Finocchio, even if they brought, even if Dr. Fauci was here, I'd feed him, look, you know, take care of him and talk to him, and I would be nice to him. Because I'm, I'm nice to everybody. I'm a nice person. I'm a kind person. Are you with me? I know you look at me. If I met some of the world leaders, I'll be kind to them. They don't know what they're doing. They have no clue what they're doing. Some do, but most of them don't. They're just stupid. The same message. We minister without partiality. I'll pray for you if you're Baptist. I'll pray for you if you're Methodist. I'll even pray for you if you just live on a farm. I've been in a room with Buddhists, Muslims, Jews, Greeks. I treat them all the same. Everybody needs Jesus. Are you with me? I've even had to put up with Mormons. Are you with me? Walk around wearing their holy underwear. Some people's underwear is holy all the time. Many holes. Lay off the hot peppers. <laughs> okay. No compromise. Everybody say no compromise. No holding back.
So this stand of 835 days is in total and utter rebellion to what the World Economic Forum wants. And if they bring out any new, I will rebel that one too. So the moment I hear what they want to do, I'm going to do it twice. We can't do that. We're going to do it here. Whatever they say not to do, we are doing here at the river. Just so you know. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you getting something out of this today? Shout this out loud. Say, I'm holding nothing back. No, imagine suddenly we go to heaven. We're in heaven now. And then you know now you're there for all eternity with the Lord. And then you think, man, if only I'd have done that. Man, if only. <sighs> Why didn't I do that? And then you have to say, because you were afraid. When we make it on the other side, when we get to the other side, we will look and say, we, we did everything we could. We slammed it every which way but loose. I asked Pastor Eric, and I've done that for 25 years, every city that we've ever had a meeting in, when we've left the city, I said, Pastor Eric, is there anything else we could have done that could have resulted in more souls being saved in this city? Was there anything else? Is there anything else we could have done? And he looks at me and said, Pastor, we tried, we headed every which way we could. And then I said, that's fine. Regardless of the results, we gave it all. And I'll tell you, if I'm doing that, my wife's doing that, Pastor Eric, Pastor Jennifer doing that, all of our pastoral staff is doing that, all of the leaders here in this church, all of the members, if we all are doing the best that we can every single day, holding nothing back, do you understand the ramifications in the city of Tampa in the next three years? Do you understand what's happening here? How in the world is the devil going to do what he wants to do in this region? He can't do what he wants to do in this region because there's a restraining force in this region and it's called the body of Christ that will not compromise, that will not hold back, that will not draw back. Nothing should influence us to change our message. No money under the table. No, hey, Pastor, we can get you this if you'll just back off a little bit on that, you know, a little overboard on that. The moment that somebody even shows up around there, I will have them escort off the property. I don't care how many dollars are attached. I say, take your money and get off of my property. I don't want your money. I don't want your influence. I don't want anything that you have. We are not changing one thing. Yeah, but if you change it, you'll be more acceptable. We can get you into more places. We can get you with another group. We will change nothing. Absolutely nothing. It is not negotiable. We will hold nothing back. We will give everything that we have for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if it means death, then so be it. Because when we die, we die knowing that we died for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We did not die as compromisers. 
We will not hold our head down in eternity. For he who gave everything at Calvary, we will give everything while we walk on the earth. So persecution is not going to change it, nor the need for acceptance, because that's the big problem. Somebody said, I'm tired. I'm always, they're always attacking me. Yeah, well, if you just change a few things, then they won't attack you. They'll really like you. No, they won't. Because they don't like your face. I tweeted something this last week, it went viral, over a million views already since Friday. And then people started attacking me, you should have stuck to the holy laughter. So I said, oh, and then said I was something, I said, oh really? Oh really? I said, well come down to the world headquarters, seeing you live in Tampa, come and eat a meal with me and come say that to my face and come see if what you think is really true, is true. Just because you don't like, which was actually a meme, just because you don't like the meme, you assumed and then start attacking me because of joy? Oh, we have plenty of that. And right now I'm laughing at you because you're an idiot. Bring your big boy self down here. Put your big boy pants on and come sit down here with me look in my eye and come tell me what you just tweeted. Come on down. Not changing because you have a bias. You can call me a racist all you want. Just because of a tweet, you're racist. Oh, I am? Come down and stand in front of the river. I'll give you a microphone on Sunday and tell the church I'm a racist. See what, see what happens to you. You don't see any people walking around with hoods. But there's many churches with masks still on their face. I guess that's a practice so they can all wear a hood one day. Either that or a burqa. Hello. You want to cover up your face, cover up your mouth. So that people can't even hear your voice. Rip it off. And start speaking. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And on the other hand, we're not going to become cynical. We're not going to become hurt. Oh, I'm hurt. So then you're like Jonah. You won't go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. I don't want to go to Nineveh. May God destroy the whole of Nineveh. <laughs> I hate them anyway. Oh, you don't want to go to Nineveh. No, I'm taking a cruise. Oh, okay. Well, enjoy the inside of a fish for a couple of days. And then when you're inside of the belly of a big fish, seaweed wrapped around your head, the fish's gastric juices are eating away at your flesh. And you realize that your only way out of the fish is not the way you came in. <laughs> that you're about to become a fish turd. 
if you don't repent. Why? Because you're a bad prophet. The fish thought he was getting sushi, but it was bad. I could just see the fish swimming around. And the other one said, you don't look that good today. Ah, I must have eaten something. It wasn't really good. It's a bad prophet. It's a bad prophet. Now, I think that prophet I ate earlier is bad. It's not sitting right on my stomach. But Joan is on the inside praying, oh, God, forgive me. I'll pay the vow. I'll go. I'll go. So Jonah goes from being a bad prophet to becoming a good prophet. And what does the Bible say? Huh? The Lord will bring the righteous up out of problems. And we know for a fact you can't keep a good man down. And so the fish vomited him out. You can go as a person just normally, or you can go as fish vomit. But either way, you're going to accomplish heaven's purpose and plan. For this hour, can you say amen? Say this after me. I'm not going eaten up by gastric juices of a fish. And I'm not coming out the back end of a fish. I'm going to go straight and do what God's called me to do. Go to Nineveh. Go directly to Nineveh. And tell them to repent. Amen. So say this, I'm not like Jonah. Because even when he got there, he was mad. So he was an angry prophet. You don't want to run around like angry prophets with wet underwear. Paul could have been bitter because he was abused by the Jews. But he wasn't. He was better. Now let me wrap this up. You are his body. You are his hands and feet. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 Second Corinthians chapter 6 says, Know you not that you are the temple of the living God. Say this, I am the temple of the living God. Now the scripture says, God said, I will walk in them. I will be their people. So he comes to make his home on the inside of you. We didn't deserve that. But when we cried out and he came and he saved us, he stepped inside of us, and he came and made his home on the inside of us. And so he wants to use us. You are the very dwelling place where God has come to make his home on the inside of every single one of you. And he wants to speak through your mouth, touch through your hands, walk in your feet. You are the temple of the living God. That's why he said, come out from among them. Touch not the unclean thing. In other words, don't compromise don't try to be part of the world and part of the kingdom of God at the same time. You are the godly. You are the righteous. You have been called by God. You've been anointed by God. You are his hands and his feet and his mouthpiece. Arise in this hour and accomplish all that heaven has for you. In him, you live and move and have your being. And the WEF is afraid of this. They want to attack healing right now. They want to attack tongue talking. Make it all to be a cult. They want to attack prosperity. Because they don't want the church blessed. They don't want the church healed. And they don't want you speaking a heavy language they can't decipher. So we're going to do everything they don't want. And we're not holding back. 
If you're flicking through the channels and you found me and you think by your criticism of me that you're going to make me toned down and you're going to make me watered down, in actual fact, the more you criticize me, the more you attack me, the more you fuel me. Somebody said, well, you're just obnoxious and, 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 and you, make in, you, you, you just make, make yourself look like a fool. I'm going to be even more look like a fool. And I'm going to be even more obnoxious to religion and tradition and the doctrines of devils. Can you say amen? And so are every one of the river members that God is raising up in this hour. From the littlest child to the oldest saint. That's the power of God just sweeping this field right now. Because the Lord says, when you set the resolve within yourself, that's when you will see the miraculous, you'll see the hand of God. They could try to write you off. They could try to make you go away. But you're not being written off and you're not going away. You're getting brighter and brighter as it gets darker and darker. Can you say amen? I want everybody to bow your heads. Across the field today, and for those that are watching by wave television, if you fit in any one of these three categories, I want to give you an opportunity today. What would happen if today was the last day on the earth? The end is not yet. Jesus is coming very soon, but we have been given a mandate to occupy till he comes. And for every person here, under the sound of my voice, there's a divine purpose for your very life and existence. The reason why God has you here on the earth, why you're not dead, why you're still alive. If the devil was going to kill you, you would have been dead already. But the hand of God has carried you to this day and to this hour. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and you in your home, if you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe you've come here today, you, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to ask you what would happen if this day you breathed out your last breath. Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Today, the power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You may have come one way, but you'll leave another way. Today is a day of freedom and liberty and joy. Maybe you're sitting here today, you're clicking through the channels, you're watching in your home and you say, Pastor, I gave my life to Jesus and days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should, but I want to come back to my first love. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. If that's you, I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe there's something hidden, things that you've never dealt with, pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, hidden things. It's time to get free today. 
Maybe it's something outward that everyone could see and the devil used it against you to keep you in a place of guilt and condemnation. You feel like God will never use you because of circumstances of life that have come against you. But God's a God of a second chance. God is a God of a new beginning. And today he calls you. Will you surrender? Will you, will you respond? Will you say, yes, Lord? He loves you so much. Then maybe you sitting here, you're watching by way of television, you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord, but a storm came against my life. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world. But today I'm coming back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. He loves you and he stands with arms wide open. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and the heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He calls you now. And then lastly, maybe you've come on this field, you're watching and you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord. I love him with all my heart, but I'm not sure of my salvation. I don't have the assurance. I don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. And I want to know that I know that I know. If this is you and you fit in any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are, quickly. Put that hand up across the field to slip it up high. Thank you. Right at the back, all along the fence line, hands there, another hand there, another hand there, another hand there. Quickly raise up high and say, yes, today is my day of freedom and liberty. He calls you. He calls you. Once you raise, you can put it down. I want you to look at me right now, please. On this side over here, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Quickly, just slip the hand up and say, include me. Include me in the prayer. I see your hand. Anybody else? Down through the middle section, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Stick that hand up and say, include me. Thank you. Right over there at the back of the sound booth. Anybody else? Anyone else? What about this section? You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Slip your hand up right now. Thank you. I want every person that raise your hand, I want you to stand your feet all across the field. Stand right now. Stand. I want you to bring your personal belongings and come stand right here. We're going to pray together. Come. 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 You that are watching my television, just stand in your homes right now. Come. We're going to pray. I Before me, the world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. 
turning back. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world. You can take the world. But give me Jesus. Pray a prayer right here. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. I want you to close your eyes, raise your right hand to heaven, you that are watching in your homes, and pray this together with me right now. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I will never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now lift those hands right now, even in your homes. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day, not one will be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.